0: Welcome to the Buzzed in Baltimore podcast. I am your host Jess Mayhew. I cover nightlife and spirits for Baltimore Magazine and this podcast is an extension of that coverage. We talk about bars, drinks, and the people that bring them to you. This is the um, next episode of Buzzed in Baltimore and I am in Dundalk at Key Brewing. I am here with um Mike and Mike of Key. So thank you guys so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Oh, thanks
2: for coming out. Yeah. yeah. It's a
0: little bit of a journey to get here, I'm not going to lie, but I mean it's what 15 minutes from Baltimore City. It's it's really not that far.
2: I mean, if you're from Canton, it's like 6 miles or so and both of us live in Federal Hill, so it's what 29 miles Yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes yeah it, it seems a lot further than it really is
0: yeah it's really really not that not that bad and it's a beautiful tap room um so if you guys haven't come out here you should um so if you both just wanted to start out and tell me a little bit about your background and and how you got to found the brewery um spike do you want to go first sure
1: um i was in the hospitality industry running bars and restaurants and uh done that for quite a long time and i started a consulting firm to help people open their bars and restaurants and that that uh, carried me through for quite a few years and had a great time opening a lot of fun projects. Um, Mike and I have been neighbors in Federal Hill, and we decided uh, that it would be kind of fun at our mid 40s to open a brewery.
0: Yeah. Did and you have a couple beers one night and, and got uh, to talking? Yes. Yeah.
1: A couple of beers many nights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's usually how it happens, right?
1: So I was in hospitality, um, and Mike is. Professional brewer.
2: I've been professionally brewing for 25 years. So wow. uh, I moved here in '97. Uh, <clears throat> the owners of Red Brick Station hired mm-hmm. me to open up uh, their brew pub in White Marsh, uh, and that's what brought me down here. Wow. So. Uh, so you
0: know your shit. <laughs>
2: I hope so. Yeah. If not, I've just wasted the last 25 years. <laughs> and we're all in trouble. Yeah, exactly. No, I think it's
0: safe to say. Well, and you guys have poured these um, these amazing flights of all your releases. So, do you want to start with the Hellas, as you sort of talk about opening the brewery? I think that might be because that was your first flagship, well, or what was your first? Actually, one? the
1: first beer was our On Point Ale.
0: Do you want to? We could start with that.
1: Um, no, um, you know what? Let's let's
2: start with the Hellas because okay. you know, it, I know it's. Um, instead of rather building a brand around a beer, we decided to build beers around a brand. Okay. So uh, there's not one of our original five that we like to favor. Gotcha. Um, so we're building a brand.
0: Okay, so let's start with Helles, and then you guys can talk so yeah, the, talk about the beer. and.
2: The Helles is it's a traditional Munich-style lager that... Um, is the type of beer that uh, changed my life and made me want to become a brewer. So um, <laughs> although not our first offering, uh, the philosophy of building a brand, we really, we, we wanted a, a spectrum of all beers that anybody could approach if they picked up a key beer. Mm-hmm. So this is that, that lighter end of the spectrum for everybody. Uh, although not light in calories, it's, it's light in color, uh, it's crisp, it's clean. Uh, but it's very, not
0: light in flavor either. No, I mean, not, yeah. It's,
2: yeah, the flavors are very delicate, but they're mm-hmm. all there. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in my mind, this is what, uh, this, that type of beer was my epiphany, like, wow. know we're talking in the 80s i'm like how come we can't get beer like this in america because you know in the 80s on the east coast you know we were drinking you know budweiser and miller coors and and not that there's anything wrong with any of those beers but it was just it was lacking any kind of substance and uh, a trip to germany in the 80s and i had a munich style lager i was like wow, this is... Your aha
0: moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: That's so cool.
2: So that's one of the reasons why we came out with this beer. Is, I mean, uh, I think all the guys agreed, you know, because uh, the, the partners had they'd done some traveling abroad, so they've all had beers like this, like, yeah, you know, we need a beer like that.
0: Right. So how did, um, just speaking on that kind of traditional, approachable beer philosophy, how did you guys sort of say this is this is why we want to open a brewery, this is what's important to us, and well, I think your foundation. That,
2: I think that probably came a little bit later, you know, it's, it, you know, the idea of opening a brewery was, you know, two drunk guys, you know, <laughs> hanging out late at night, you know, maybe our kids were in the alley playing or something and we're like, you know, we should open up a brewery. Yeah. Um, but the traditional aspect, you know, I'll, I'll take a little bit of credit for it because, you know, I, I have been doing it for 25 years, so uh, I, I apprenticed under a German trained brewmaster in Rhode Island, and um, you know, he instilled a lot of thoughts that I haven't been able to let go.
0: It's very strict right that that German style I mean there's very specific yes. ingredients yeah yeah he was yeah. very
2: strict I'm, I'm certainly not as strict as he was <laughs> um, you know he was a scientist he was a brewmaster I'm not a brewmaster I you know I take it more on the artistic end yeah but he did instill a lot of that you know the discipline um, so uh, a lot of the beers tend to follow that it's hard for me to get out of it so I need help getting out of it on beers like the sour that you'll you know we'll get we'll to get eventually
0: to. so that was kind of the idea and the foundation of Key and um, how did you guys when you were sort of deciding what to do how did you decide to come out to Dundalk and, and what what led to that decision
1: well originally we really wanted to be in Baltimore City yeah you know close to our house um, that's where our roots have been um, and so we looked around for spaces in Baltimore City and as you know it's, it's difficult to find this, this size. Yeah. Our landlord, the property owner, um, good friend of ours, and he said he was moving his business um, and was going to look for about a 110,000-square-foot warehouse. He found one in the city. We fell in love with it. Everybody loved everything. Um, it was in a prime location, and... Uh, near Port Covington Mm, and and somebody at the last minute came in with a little bit more money yeah and we lost that site Mm. no hard no hard feelings right you know it uh it's it's where the um city garage used to be gotcha okay and it was going to be it was it was a great location for us little discouraging but not the total end of the world right but a couple months later uh he found this location and brought us in here And immediately we fell in love with it.
0: Yeah. You probably have way more space here than you would have there, right? Well,
2: I don't know. We were, the city garage is pretty big. Pretty big. The footprint was
1: going to be the same. Yeah. But we here, we have, the conversion to a brewery was so much more easier. Yeah. Um, This used to be owned by Bethlehem Steel as a storage facility. Okay. So there was never any manufacturing. It was just an easy conversion. We got 35 foot ceilings out there. I mean, it's plenty of room.
0: Enormous, yeah. Um,
1: close to 95, close to 695, Towson, right. Federal right. Hill, Canton. Um, so, so the more we thought about it, it was like, you know, why not? Yeah. And it's honestly, Dundalk is a great community. And there's so much revitalization going on here, what with Trade Point and you know, if you drive down Kevin Plank Moving Out, there, there, yeah. Sagamore, yeah, there, every almost every community is on water, mm. and some of the some of the homes are absolutely gorgeous. I'm
0: sure, like that waterfront property is pretty pretty nice. Yeah, yeah
1: reasonable right too. Yeah, right. right. Right def- now, <laughs>
0: for now, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably have to get in like pretty soon. Like now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and was there sort of? Uh, philosophy for you guys like why like why key and and how did that kind of the the marketing and branding of, of it come well together? what
1: we wanted to do was was come up with a name that was somewhat Maryland-centric
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know honor honor the fine state that we've grown in and 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 also help with grow this this great brewing community that we have in Maryland so we're throwing out names and of course you know things were getting a little stale and you know I live about three quarters of a mile from Fort McHenry Mike a little further not much and so we started like play around with things around Fort McHenry, you know, and, and eventually Key just came out and it was like, you know, it's a good simple word. Yeah. It's it's um it means something. Francis Scott Key it could mean the Key Bridge, it could mean for us it was it was Francis Scott
0: Key. Yeah, yeah. And
1: but then we started to think like, you know, uh, suppose we can grow our footprint beyond the mid Atlantic. Yeah. You know, Key is a as a as a identifiable word word for either a house key a church key but also it's as, three letters yeah, yeah it's only three you don't letters. have to spend a lot on signage <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we actually took what heavy seas did and and took a lesson from from their playbook which is when they started to expand outside of their the atlanta footprint clipper city meant less and less right. to the consumer right right and you know then that's when heavy seas came along at least that's how the story goes but and, you know so we said you know let's
0: let's stick with something kind of basic mm-hmm. and i'm surprised that name wasn't taken it's a great name for a brewery <laughs> you know
1: it's actually
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> or was it
2: <laughs> uh no it was it was almost taken the, the union guys uh their original name was going to be key oh I, I i talked to uh i think it was john zervitz and uh, when I told him the name, what we were going to use is that was going to be our name. That's so funny. I Don't know why they changed. Maybe because they, you know, they moved into the Union Mills. Right. I don't know. Right. Um, but it was really fun. How like, funny of were, all the
0: names and words in the universe. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so cool. Well, it it fits you guys. I think it fits it, being out here. And,
1: well, and ironically. We're at the foot of the Key Bridge, right?
0: I, that's what I figured because when I was driving out here, I was like Key Bridge, got it. So that's.
1: But a lot of times people do think it's it's after the Key Bridge, but it's it's really to honor Francis Scott Key.
0: Yeah, and a lot of your beer names are locally inspired too, right? It kind of goes with that.
2: We don't really name many of our beers like none of the outside of the On Point. Um, we're just, and the 10 pounds test tests—they're not really named. We're not that creative. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: just like say what they kind of taste like or what ingredients well, what, are in them.
2: What style they are style is they really. Are. But you know, some of the one-offs that we're doing—not necessarily one-offs, but specialty brews that we do, like the dockinator mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's definitely local. You know, it's it's, uh, it's a doppelbach and Doppelbocks traditionally have a nader at the end of. Uh, the beer so it's you know for or,
0: right right
1: Dundalkinator. <laughs> so we just called it yeah, the dock-inator. dockinator. If you grow up in the in Dundalk, sometimes they call it the dock. The dock. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. With a little I can see like a little like apostrophe. Or well, something yeah, right I mean that.
2: on the chalkboard, there's a little apostrophe, a little apostrophe there.
0: Apostrophe right
2: copycat that. sour. You know, everybody's doing sours now, so, so that's kind of yeah
1: cheesy way of doing. It. That's awesome. The IPAs are named after kind of fishing terms. So ten pound test is a is a fishing line. Tight lines is a terminology, gotcha, um, that, that fishermen use when they've got a fish on the line. Cool. Um, our next one, we're toying around with catch and release.
0: Nice. So what's again? And the Chesapeake, I mean, that's well, that seems <laughs> that's a that good story. They related yeah. yeah.
1: to? Yeah, that does have a good story because well, it's it's funny to us, but uh, it's it's the style of beer is a steam beer, California steam beer, Anchor Steam.
0: Here, while we're talking yeah. about it, we'll drink sure. it. Yeah.
1: Anchor Steam trademarked the word or the the terminology steam beer. Steam beer. So everything is a California common that's produced in that style. So when we went to get our federal um, label approval for our cans, they said that we could not call it a uh, California common because it was not brewed in California. Oh, my God. (laughs) It makes sense when you say because if you think about it, you see, like, Memphis-style barbecue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And so they wanted us to call it either Cali- uh, comma mm-hmm. style yeah common or California comma style so we just we had already had our packaging done so it didn't look good yeah so we're like you know what Chesapeake
0: let's just we're right on the Chesapeake call it Chesapeake yeah, we're yeah right here it is funny those rules though it's like you know certain champagne you can only call you know in the yeah. region so I guess you've got to abide by that but this is this is a delicious beer do you want to talk a little bit about Chesapeake just how oh, I you, Spike how you made it? Well, the na- he told me about the name.
2: Um. Again, you know, it, it this kind of goes back to traditions. Uh, it's one of the few true American beer styles that that are out there, and um, again, going back to the '80s a trip to San Francisco <laughs> and drinking 75 cent anchor steams on draft. You know, I fell in love with that, the beer. Yeah. So, um, just kind of, you know, rounding out a little bit of the portfolio. I don't remember what batch this was, um, whether it came, I, I think. I not remember either, to be honest with you. Yeah
0: it's really easy drinking a lot of your beers are and i don't know if that's kind of a part of your core philosophy 100
2: percent intentional yeah we, we want every one of our beers to be approachable regardless of, of the style um excess is is definitely not a our thing <laughs> um the beer well for us i think beer should be um a lot of people use the word approachable but I think that is, becomes a little cliche and I think some people are starting to use it as as a negative right the, the beer should not interfere with you know what it is that you're doing whether you're eating mm. or you're hanging out with your friends you know you want to be able to sit around and drink a bunch of uh, everything. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the conversation right.
1: without being a, over the top. In yeah. Germany, a Helles Lager is a breakfast beer. You can drink it at ten, noon, two p.m., four p.m. That's awesome. Six p.m. You know, it's it's
0: so it's a chameleon in a sense. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's it's mm-hmm. you can immerse it in that experience. Mm-hmm. And, and the
1: same with the, the RSP comment. It's it's a, just a. I know we use the word approachable a lot, and.
0: No, but you guys mean it, and that's the difference. I think.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, too. Yeah. You know, we we do brew beer that we like to drink. Right. You know, there's certain styles that you know. I mean, we disagree on styles all the time oh, of because course. one likes a style over the other. But what we what you see right here are, are, is a is a picture of
0: what what you'd be drinking. Yeah. It's not like you guys are like, oh, this beer is really trendy right now, so we've got to start start making X Y Z or.
2: We do. We bow a little bit to the trends, but um, we also don't uh, become slaves yeah. to the trends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I was at um, Park Bench the other night in uh, Riverside, and I drink, drank a Chesapeake, and before I knew it, it was gone. So <laughs> yeah. if that is any <laughs> consolation to the easy drinking factor of that yeah, beer. It's,
2: it, I, I mean that's that's what we want you know we don't want we want somebody to buy a six-pack and drink the six-pack right not have it sit in their fridge for for two months
0: for a special occasion
2: yeah yeah (laughs) right
0: um and so what i thought was really cool about key brewing i feel like you guys had whether it was intentional or not i'm not sure but it was felt like this grassroots approach like I would just be in bars and people would start talking about you guys or i would see you on a tap handle and and i write about beer so i was like what is this like secret key brewing stuff (laughs) i mean not that you guys don't do great marketing i'm not saying that but i almost appreciated that it was coming from people and i was seeing it in bars rather than getting a press release like i felt like i was it was kind of the right way so i didn't know if that was an intentional thing you guys sort of
1: we self-distributed for about six months which means that we didn't assign ourselves to a wholesaler right so
0: we you going it, around
1: with. we sold it, yeah. and we delivered it. And we picked up the empties. And so, like, <laughs> bars and restaurants saw the owners, like, hauling kegs down, you know, into their basement or coming to pick up the empties or presenting the invoice to get paid, you know. And right. So there was, like, a little bit of a human connection that that they got with us um, that really helped us tremendously. Um, and we, we are, you know... We're a bunch of guys in our mid-40s and early 50s. You know, this was kind of our midlife crisis. Instead of going out and buying a car or, you know, boat, we opened a brewery. So
0: Hey, I think it's way more productive. <laughs> hey, you know
2: what? A brewery costs about as much as a sweet boat. Uh, yeah. And the maintenance. And <laughs> or a all beach of house yeah. or a ski <laughs> house.
0: But. Hey, at least we can enjoy the city of Baltimore and beyond can enjoy right. your midlife crisis right. a little bit. <laughs> um,
1: but the grassroots was not intense. We're not marketing geniuses by any means, so it really was not. I mean, shit, we. we
0: it just was how it was happening. It was just
1: how it was happening, yeah. and we're like, you know what? Sometimes you don't upset the apple cart. You just you just keep rolling with it, and I'm like, all right, this seems to be working.
0: Yeah, and you know? I'm sure people did appreciate that it was the owners coming by, and it wasn't sales reps. It wasn't a wholesaler. It was the real deal. So
2: I mean, we don't even promote the chat room.
0: No, you don't. No.
2: <laughs> And we got people telling us that, that come in here like you need signs out here, and you you know you need to advertise. Like, you know what? Look around. It's we got a full room. Yeah, you know, we don't need the signs. We're we're happy with the way things
1: are.
0: So people are finding you guys, and yeah, and it's it's, I, it's I,
1: not out of snobbery, right? It's out of the fact that you know what we find when people finally get back here, it's like this like aha moment mm-hmm. oh my god this look at this that's place. how i felt when you know? i walked in yeah.
2: i like to it's a hidden gem right. i call i call this like the the modern day uh, speakeasy or, or <laughs> a honky tonk yeah you know, it's down a dark road. There's no lights coming down here at some night. train
0: tracks. Yeah. Yeah, it's all. I
2: know a lot of people come like, uh, I thought something was going to go wrong down the end of this road. But.
0: Yeah, if there wasn't <laughs> modern day GPS, I think more people might be worried. Oh, I
2: don't but. know. The GPS can steer some people wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah. so we, we
1: just felt, once again, it's back to our like kind of you know, unintentional grassroots campaign. We took it to the tap room as well which is keep it low key It um, kind of like you build it they will come and
0: they've yeah. been coming
1: you know that's and, awesome and that's, that was it was great and it's a great crowd that we get in in the this tap room too
0: and when are your tap room hours for people that want to come by friday
1: four to nine okay uh, the winter hours right now friday yeah. four to nine saturday twelve to eight and sundays twelve to five
0: and then when it warms up do you get do do more often yeah
1: we'll, we'll probably extend the evening hours um okay. obviously you know What we found with Saturdays is, like, around 7.30, this is a good stop. They get pre-game stop.
0: Pre-game stop, yeah.
1: And then they're off and they go and enjoy their evening and it's fine. Right. We're all guys. By 9 o'clock on a Saturday, I'm trying. You're
0: like, 9 p.m. is good with me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so the one piece of branding and marketing that I have seen that you guys do, and I see there's a big um, mural of it, is the Supernaculum. And I, I know that that is a formative of, of an adjective that's like a really great thing to drink, right? So I, I just wanted you guys, maybe as we drink the next one on point, you can talk a little bit about why that word, why that term, and how that came about.
2: Um, <laughs> Mike, you can take it. Should we, should we talk um, about both at the same time? I'll, the, tell, you, I'll tell
1: you, when he okay. Mike first came up, and I'll let him explain it, okay. when Mike first came up with this idea to, to include this in, uh, in the branding. We were all like, "Oh, oh my god!" <laughs> Didn't love it. It, it. Well, what we were afraid of that was just going to pigeonhole us into being. You know, once again, we're using an ancient word, and a bunch of old guys are using an ancient word. How's that going to resonate? You with? say
0: old like forty is like your old geezers.
1: Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting <laughs> to really get beaten down. By <laughs>
2: but I
0: see what you're saying. You didn't want to get pigeonholed as yeah, sort of you know, traditional I mean, Yeah,
1: you know, there's baby boomers, but there's a lot more millennials out there right now than baby boomers. Yeah, it seems. But the millennials like to use
2: their little digital devices to discover things. Mm-hmm. So the supernatural, mm-hmm. I always wanted is as an Easter egg. Um, something they would see on our brand, like what is that, and then they take out their phones. And, and I googled search. that. Mm-hmm. Kind of like right.
1: thirty-three on, on, uh, uh, Rolling
2: Rock.
0: Rolling college. Rock, yeah.
2: yeah. But so the word, I discovered the word in college, like thirty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, less than thirty years ago. Again. I'm,
0: I was gonna say, stop. You guys are making yourself seem way older than.
2: <laughs> well, you are. it was it was a long time ago. <laughs> I, was, I was I was in the uh, the library in college waiting for my girlfriend, and, and one of those huge you know, one-foot-thick Oxford dictionaries. Yeah. I was just flipping through the dictionary, waiting for her to come out, and I came across the word supernaculum, and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting, and I read the definition, and it was liquor of the finest quality, one that you would wish to drink to the last drop. Wow. So, I good to you- the last drop. Right. But then, you know, that was one. Number two mm-hmm. on the definition was a practice to where the patron would stick their thumb in the bottle, turn it upside down Looking and show like the barkeep a dry thumbnail, hmm. meaning good to the last drop. So for close to 30 years, I've been hanging on to that <laughs> word because so I've been you know, brewing for 25 years now. Right. So at other breweries where I worked, I said, you know, we should name a beer this, Supernaculum. Oh, shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, Mike. <laughs> so...
0: Uh, you were like, I was reading a dictionary so, one day. Stay with me. <laughs> so <laughs> instead
1: of naming our first beer Supernaculum, we pieced him and said, all right, let's put the logo right... Let's let's bring it in. And it was an Easter egg. And
0: yeah. Which yeah. I'm glad we did. I, ne- yeah. I
2: never wanted... To, for the record, I didn't want to name a beer Supernaculum, but I really wanted to use it. And it... It did take some selling for the other guys to be like, you know what? It's really not a bad thing.
0: And it's because it doesn't roll off the tongue necessarily, but as something to go and find, it is kind of it is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And the whole that image of the thumb in the bottle, it just um, I don't know what it is about it. You know, our art guide did that, and uh, it just—it looks like really cool, like an old woodcut.
0: So. Totally, and it and it has that the vintage appeal to it, but it also makes you kind of want a second drink because you—it's the idea of finishing yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: and you know, like our whole branding philosophy was—you know—we kind of want to be retro without
1: being retro, right. and um, we're not cutesy kind of guys. You know, yeah, it wouldn't fit our personality if we had. You know weird art on all our labels or you know fancy you know like cutesy names right it just wouldn't you know it's not indicative of what we stand for or or about
0: yeah no i think that makes sense and it comes through i mean you don't want to be someone you're not because people would yeah. look see through it um okay so do you want to talk about the the on point a little bit
2: uh no okay we can. No. <laughs> screw this so yeah the, i mean the on point it, 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 this was definitely the first beer that we brewed and this was we did christ what was it like a year and a half of pilot badges of this beer because you know it started as you know we should do a session ipa and then we would do that and but no it's not really working and Somehow, uh, it ended up towards the West Coast Amber. Uh, I don't remember why, but um, I, I'm going to guess that it was because there's something that the West Coast Amber offers to most beer drinkers that it's, uh, it's got a nice body to it. It's got a really nice hop aroma mm-hmm. without being overly bitter, and it's got a nice malt profile to yeah. it. So it's, you know, just really kind of one of those beers, you you don't know what you're in the mood for, uh, it's a good beer to reach for.
0: A good go-to. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about, you mentioned it before, a little bit about being in Dundalk. Um, I'm sure it has its pluses and, and and its minuses. But if you could talk a little bit about both of those things, maybe some things you've Kind of I haven't while being out found here. a minus.
2: Yeah, yet. we really haven't. <laughs> Honestly, um, The, That's plus, great. the yeah. plus
1: is the communities. You know, is is great. Yeah. Um, they've embraced us, and in turn, I, th- I think we were, we we're beginning to figure out how to embrace them properly, to return that respect that they've given us. They are uh, loyal, um, hardworking, doctors, lawyers. We've met. You know, there's so much more than just you know the blue collar worker that.
2: People think right. Dundalk gets a such a bad rap. Yeah. The people that we've met out here, um, they're fantastic. Yeah. You know, and they love the fact that there's something new and vibrant in their community, and uh, they come back every Friday and Saturday, and hopefully soon Sundays. You know, because. Sunday just is actually starting in earnest, you know, this, this week now. So. Oh, that's
0: exciting. Yeah. You just got that license or. No, we,
2: we always had the license, but you know, it's four of us, you know, running the thing. We all wanted a, a day, day off. off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: blame you. Um,
2: yeah. But no, the, the community has been fantastic out here.
0: That's great. Um. Yeah, I do think Dundalk, it's strange, the reputation that it's gotten over the years, and you almost wonder why it it became this kind of joke a little bit, and and
2: where that came from. Well, you know, it was a blue-collar community. When the steel plant shut down, you know, essentially it was—I don't want this to sound— too bad, but it was kind of like Appalachia on the the water, you know, the money left here. Right. And uh, it was, there was a lot of poverty and it was neglected. Yeah. So I understand why, you know, some people, because I came from Jersey, everybody makes fun fun (laughs) of Jersey. You know what it's like to be the butt of a joke. yeah, Yeah. So it was, it was just kind of the butt of the joke for the people in Maryland, but you know it's i think it's always been you know a very earnest uh community out here yeah
0: and i've got to say that uh dundalk heritage festival the fourth of july festival mm-hmm. is some of the most fun times you'll ever have around town yeah. i mean yeah i think it's great and um and it's funny because baltimore itself gets such a bad rap so you would think baltimoreans would understand not to really give other community you know it's like we're always kind of getting that bad rap anyway so you should understand that i don't know um there's a, a th-
1: lot of history that happened over here in oh yeah the war, 18, the, North Point. Yes. Um, the war of yes the war of 1812
0: stuff is fascinating and
1: what people if you go down to fort howard park mhm it's formal it's it's absolutely crazy if you drive down to that, that little peninsula or that big peninsula
0: That's cool. you see
1: three or four farms on your right and left. Um, There's
2: great hiking trails. You got places to fish.
0: I saw the golf course driving in. Oh, I, I yeah. didn't even know I mean, that was
2: there. You, this don't don't record any of this,
0: because <laughs> you don't this want is it to like a up. hidden gem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with Port Covington coming close by and Sagamore and how that affects things out here. I mean, I'm sure you know house, housing prices won't stay where they are.
1: No, if people want to live around here. They won't. Um, I mean, there's going to be thousands and thousands of jobs, you know, three miles from here.
0: It's pretty amazing. You guys came at a great, I mean, you must feel pretty lucky, but also that you earned it that you're here at this time. I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, and so we're going to move on to one of my, so I guess we'll try it on nitro first sure. or try to be try the regular um, rye and then the nitro. Version?
2: I would do, I would do the nitro, nitro. now only because, uh, the ni- pour them all at the same time. The nitro, the nitro might, might uh, dissipate last. a little bit. Yeah. So the but, nitro is yeah. uh, a Jefferson whiskey barrel aged rye porter. Our nitro line in the tap room uh, changes frequently. So, you know, this weekend, who knows if that's even going to be on there it's anymore.
0: Yeah. You think it is good. good. Yeah. is it? Mm-hmm. And the... But the uh, the whiskey flavor is subtle. It doesn't kind of hammer you over the head like some barrel aged stuff does. We don't
2: we don't let it spend a lot of time in the barrels. Okay. Um, uh, usually about a month. Yeah. Uh, picks up that you know enough of it in a month. It, it can actually pick it up in about two weeks, but uh, a month is about where we let it go, so it doesn't get oversaturated with that the bourbon flavors.
0: It's great. It's really really delicious. Um, And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about I I feel like it's just it's recently on my mind because of the Budweiser Super Bowl commercial and just the times we live in right now. And I know the Yingling CEO got under fire. Do you guys and, and you know, you have this red, white and blue motif and you're out in Dundalk. So do you guys ever feel the need to take a stance on politics one no. way or another or do you keep no. your politics no. out of your beer is that we, where you would...
1: just keep it out of the
2: beer. our politics yeah. are our politics it's got nothing to do with anything that we're producing right yeah. right
0: so. i think that's super smart i mean i think uh, as you can see so many companies you know getting divided because of it and their markets getting divided and just seems like not a very smart way to go <laughs> these days
1: we we've uh <laughs> yes we absolutely that's a hundred percent That's and all four of our you know myself and there's two other partners in this which we dragged into after we came up with the idea but we well, all they agreed. came clawing <laughs> <laughs> we you all agreed because we all have different political views we all agreed that let's just you know this isn't the platform
0: right here is
2: not you know we're making we're making a product uh one that can intoxicate so if you start infusing <laughs> politics, right. it's just not a comfortable place to hang out. So leave the politics outside
1: the door. Yeah. It's it's hard enough to manage a tap room where you have two different political parties sitting next to each other. Yeah. You know, that's hard enough. Right. Trust and inject our political views. Mm-hmm.
0: No. And then, as you said, you know, alcohol is only going to accelerate any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So why would you want to deal no, with that? No, I think
1: Hamilton
2: Tavern's got, like, a sign, you know, yeah. do not discuss politics yeah. in here. It's, politics it's or religion, hard. I yeah. think, yeah. I I mean, uh, I think this past Saturday we had somebody in here and I was, I was behind the bar and they started asking political questions. Like, you got to knock it off or you yeah. got to leave.
0: Yeah, I think that's <laughs> smart. And there's so much noise out there that it's like... It's too much noise. You need a a space Mm -hmm. or several spaces, I would hope, that just it's just about having fun. It's just about the beers. It's a good time. And I think we all need those safe spaces more than ever right now. You You need to
1: leave your political views at the door. At the door. Come in. Yeah. And I think, you know what, Dundalk is, you you know, it's a mix. Yeah. It's highly Republican, but it's also highly Democratic. Yeah. And, you know, I think on any given night, you've got a 50-50 mix of, of people in
0: here that's especially why i was thinking about it with you guys because this isn't one strict part of town that is one way and so you probably do get a big mix in here i would think it's
2: really healthy for people to decompress and detach from you know what's happening around them yeah come into a place and
0: Sometimes I just want to like throw my phone against the wall and be like, I'm not looking at right? you tonight. Yeah. Get rid of
2: all social media right. and just forget about things. Yeah. No, I it's think healthy. that's
0: nice. And yeah. it must be nice for you guys to feel like you're cultivating an environment that is an escape for people. I mean that's
1: Yeah, we don't put the news cool. on TV either. That's so is the TV just for sports?
0: Just yeah. for it's yeah. just for sports. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so we could move on to so the ten pound test is the next one, right?
1: Yep. That one right there.
0: Okay. So what's the story behind this beer? It's an IPA.
2: This was our first IPA. Um, I'm not a big IPA guy, uh, but the market demands that a brewery has an IPA. So I think my approach um, with feedback from the rest of the guys was to sort of go for what the New Englanders are doing with these IPAs that are a little less bitter, Mm -hmm. uh, more hop flavor, aroma, uh, but still balance it with some of the, um, the traditional West Coast American IPAs. Uh, that's where we went. So they're, you know, the the run of the mill hops nowadays. You know, ten year or actually like five six years ago, these hops would have been exotic, but they're not anymore. It's, you know, Cascade or not Cascade. I'm sorry, CTZ, um, Apollo and uh, straight up Zeus on it. So, you know, more of the the traditional or uh, American IPA with the Bit of the New England balance, however, it's still very clear where New England ones are like yeah. milkshakes now. Yeah, they, I was
0: just going to say the New England IPA thing has gotten a little bit out I'm, of it. I'm still
2: <laughs> trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, I, I,
0: me and you both. Um, but what's kind of nice, a lot of, I'm not a huge IPA person either, and I think a lot of it has to do with the kind of breathy aftertaste of the hop and that lingering a little too long, at least for me and. You don't get any of that with this. It's a really nice, clean finish.
2: You know, we use um, we use hop extracts in the boil, and we also use hop oils to dry instead of dry hopping. Oh, so there's cool. not a lot of vegetable matter going in there. Uh, when you say that breathy aftertaste, mm-hmm. I think those oils tend to leave it a little bit uh, cleaner in yeah. the finish. Um, you know. It's uh, it's not something you can replace if you had been making the beer for years because your customers are going to know. But since this was a brand new beer, uh, we chose to go with the oils, and the oils uh, tend to leave uh, leave it a little bit cleaner. Cleaner. That's yeah. so
0: interesting. I mean, that's exactly that's exactly how I felt about it. Um, wow, that's an IPA for people that say they might not love IPAs. That's really, yeah, that's yeah, really cool. yeah. Um, so you guys have been—you opened in uh, what summer of 2015? Is that correct? Or spring? You
1: started pro- pro- October of, of oh, 2015. Yeah, pr- okay, so production started
2: in yeah. September of 15. Okay,
0: so fall of 2015. So you've been open for like a year and change now. Um, where kind of are you? I know you were telling me you're expanding a little bit um, into different states, but it's—it must have been interesting also for you guys to see how the Baltimore beer scene has has changed in that time oh, as yeah. well. Oh yeah,
1: it's I mean it, it changes every day. It seems yeah. like every every month there's a new brewery coming out. And, it's crazy. Um, you know it, it's competitive. Um, it's collaborative. I think, you know, and Michael will agree. Eventually, there will be you know a little bit of a shakeout. But I think you know what we're seeing in Maryland is some really quality breweries. Yeah, producing a whole bunch of different range, and that's where. When we were figuring out what we wanted to do, we're like, you know, what, there's a niche for some traditional beers. You know, there's a niche for brewery to do traditional style beers, and you know that was our plan all along. Whether or not there was a niche for
0: it, we uh, were still going to do it. That's what you were going to do. But it Just so happened that it hadn't happened. that's
1: happened. really what I know.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, now you can say that's what, we were thinking that all along. I <laughs> yeah, swear to yeah. God, yeah. But, but yes, it that. is.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, I think competition breeds. Better product. Right. And better pricing. Right. You know, better consumer pricing. Um, and
0: a bigger interest from people. Yeah. You know, the more craft breweries you have, the more fans you'll have, and all that kind of
1: stuff. I mean, there's no reason why, you know, we go to, you know, everybody knows each other in this business, and we all hang out, go out and drink beer, and, you know, we have fun and, and uh, exchange yeast, exchange <laughs> equipment, you, yeah. know, you know, parts and pieces. and, um, But I think everyone's goal is to make maryland or at least help make maryland a true beer destination yeah you know there's no reason why we can't be like portland yeah actually the governor just said it the other
2: day with his little Feb- news Brew- conference Feb- Very. february mm-hmm. yeah you know it's uh maryland can become a, a beer tourism destination that's it's a real thing nowadays. Oh,
0: for sure. Well, when I, I did the story on, you know, the Guinness Brewery coming here, which is a whole nother bag of chips, but um, that's what I kept yeah, hearing over and over. Yeah, but <laughs> they wouldn't come to a place that doesn't already have uh, beer tourism, um, mm-hmm. and so to be in that conversation with cities like Portland, as you mentioned, is, is huge for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you've been doing this for 25 years. It did not used to be like this at all, and... Um, there was no
2: such thing as beer tourism. Right, <laughs> that, even years that ago. term, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and talk about like I meant to do that when, when Baltimore Magazine, when I put out the beer issue in February, they were like, oh, it's February. Is that why you did it? I was like, yep, meant that all along. All <laughs> Six months ago, I totally <laughs> knew that was happening. But the fact that my editors could let me put a beer can on the cover even says something, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's we're in this really interesting time now, and I think like niche breweries are going to start to open that are doing very specific things that are it's already sort of happened but um, i hope
2: so yeah i think we, so. we don't really outside of brewer's art right um you
0: could argue well, maybe a
2: little bit of red brick station yeah with the the english oliver. theme and oliver yeah you know but that's three out of 65 that are in the state right so when you go
0: to and then when you go to places like Denver, you can go to like Crooked Stave and get those sour beer, you know. So yeah. I think we do. And that's when people say I, I did an interview recently for the beer. Issues, they then they said, um, you know, is our bubble going to burst? I was like, we have a long way to go until our bubble bursts. Like there's well, I, think gonna, I think
2: we're going to I think we're going to see a bit of a shakeout before the bubble bursts.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: but it's it's only it's. You know, history is very cyclical,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and we're we're approaching that time where there'll be a small shakeout, uh, and it's it's expected. You just have to prepare and be good at what you do. You know, if you're making good product, a shakeout the is quality going is going to yeah. yeah quality is a hundred percent the backbone to to uh, Living through shakeout.
0: You must, Spike. You must be glad you have a, such a veteran brewer on your hands. Well, yeah. Then. I mean,
1: and that's that's why myself and our other two partners, Mark and Ray, said, you know, this is a, this is a well worth venture. Yeah. We're not we're not getting into this with our you know kind of blinders on. We knew we knew what we were getting into, the level of competition, and and we had the tools, and then we knew what we needed to execute. And, right. You know. All the pieces of the puzzle were just laying on the floor. All we had to do was put it together.
0: Yeah, pick them up and put it together. Um, speaking of sours, did we try the copycat yet?
1: No, mm-hmm. not on the
2: copycat. Let's let's finish the, the, do you the original the, five. The, got to do the rye porter. Oh, right,
0: right, right. Yep. Rye porter. So this is one of my favorites. I think this was actually the first key brewing beer I'd ever tried, I want to say. At Johnny Rod's on tap, perhaps? Mm-hmm. Does that sound yep. correct? That or
2: Snake Hill. Yeah. yeah,
0: it could have been either. Um, I live a block away from Johnny Rod's, so I go there way too this way beer, too uh, often. Uh, uh,
2: this beer boggled our minds. You know, we knew we wanted to have a dark beer.
0: It's so good.
2: Thank it's, you. No,
0: it's, I mean, I'm, it sounds like it might have been a labor of love, but...
2: No, no. Or, not, I mean, not or really. Or the opposite. Like, when we made it... And we tasted it. We're like, yeah, this is a great beer. Were we we like... figured we had a couple of months of sales on this beer,
1: and then and we, we had, had we had probably twelve permanent lines for that rye. Wow! And when we told them, hey, listen, you know what? I think maybe we're gonna take a break from brewing it over the summer, like.
0: Don't do that. Please don't. Please don't. Because <laughs> yeah.
2: sold all year long, so that's why. I mean, we were like, wow. I mean, a porter selling in
0: year round. Yeah. Well, it was in the
2: Mid Atlantic. You know, it's ninety five percent humidity and ninety five degrees outside.
0: Right, sticky Baltimore summers. Yeah. Um, when I was, I had to go around in. Um, I think I called you guys. I needed the beer for the photo shoot. And you were like, I think, and th- this was summertime. And you're like, "Oh god, like I'm not sure. I think Snake Hill still has it on. And I went to Randy, he's like, "We're not going to take this off. Like this is selling like gangbusters and that was in July."
2: Yeah.
0: Which is like you said amazing for a porter to be selling Yeah. Do you, so what do you attribute that to? You just think it's
2: If if I had to answer that and speak for all the people that drink it. <laughs> I think the rye malt cuz the rye malt tends to dry it out and it's got those great flavors of a traditional robust porter. Right. But the addition of rye malt tends to dry it out and makes it uh, a little bit uh, cleaner, uh, lighter on the palate, but you still get all the great flavors from that porter. robust porter.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel Without quite being, as like,
2: heavy mm-hmm. on your palate and
0: creamy like some yeah. others can. And I think I read on your website about it that it sort of combined some American styles and some English styles. Well,
2: yeah, it's uh, we use uh, American hops, Galena, and Cascade in there. But the hops are really an, an afterthought on the beer. Uh, but the uh, outside of the rye malt, it was based on a traditional, robust English border. Uh, the grain, that is. So... The whole recipe was founded on that English Robust Porter with the additions of the rye and then the American hops. That, that
0: get it's so it. good. It's, I mean, you. and you, so you guys were totally surprised by its popularity.
2: No, no, not necessarily the popularity. Just the, the
0: longevity, I should the, say? Yeah, like okay. a year-round beer. Year round. Yeah. So are you now going to make that, a, it's, it's a year-round mm-hmm. thing? Oh, Yeah. That's kind of yep. cool that the market sort of dictated that for it, you guys. We
1: let, I mean, you know what? You, you have to let the market dictate your products long some, longevity yeah. sometimes. Um, and that's, you know, we always felt that our portfolio, it's it's got something for everybody. And, you know, it just wound up being five. It could have been four. It could have been, we, you know, we didn't have a magic. We didn't start out with a magic number. Our magic number was one, I think. <laughs> but then it's. Spike,
2: you know, Spike does
1: the sales. It was very apparent that one was not enough. One hey, we, have a, we have a
2: beer. What else you have? <laughs> yeah, we got it on. It
1: was great. Sold a lot, but we, we need,
0: need something else. We need else. something else. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all these are all five are all year round.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're we're kind of tooling around with the idea that every quarter uh, we'll come out with a new IPA. It'll be a limited run. Uh, And we'll do something other than an IPA during the first, you know, each quarter.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: That way we're not calling it a seasonal. Uh, We'll call it a specialty because who knows when, if it'll come back uh, or maybe it'll, it was so popular that
0: it's it's not coming out
2: in the, you know, just the uh, first quarter. Maybe it'll see the third quarter.
0: Right. And the way Baltimore weather goes, seasonal might not even be seasonal, an, yeah. on the table. And the, the beauty
1: of this is we're young. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have any prior history, so you know some of these beers that we come out with, if they don't work, they don't work. Right. But maybe some do, and then maybe they stick around. They come out the next following year.
0: You haven't don't have set rules that you have to. Yeah. A Everything's
2: inaugural for us.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah. We're not annual yet. <laughs>
0: inaugural. Yeah, that's exciting though. And
1: that's the fun part of it. Yeah is that we don't, we don't have a set of rules that we have to follow
0: right, right, that is cool So we have,
1: we have short attention spans
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> I do too as I'm like, oh, what's the next beer? sour oh Coffee yeah, sour. you were saying you don't love sours, that's
2: what... I'm learning to appreciate sours
0: got it uh,
2: the, when I, f- I had my first few sours yeah, I didn't care for them at all I'm learning to appreciate them now. I didn't make this beer. Um, uh, what, one of the guys that helps out down here, I, I should just call him an assistant, uh, David, and he made the beer. He's into sours, it's David Thompson, who also works up at Red Brick Station. Um, he's into the beer, that style. And I knew that we wanted to have one um, in our portfolio.
0: No, it tastes like what Key Brewing would do, what, how they would do a sour, yeah, though. approachable, right? It's, well, it's not too puckery. It's, um, even on the finish, it's nice and clean. I mean, I keep kind of repeating myself, but that's sort of how all your beers are. They're
1: mm-hmm. It's s- deliberate.
0: Yeah, it's deliberate. It's easy drinking. It's it's good. It's I mean, and it's not, I mean, there are like sour heads that would be like, oh, this isn't even probably, you know what I mean? Because We've then, actually
2: had some sour heads that are like, you know, this is,
1: you know, I like this. But oh, I, I like know it exactly too. what you're saying. There are yeah. some that they're like, Oh yeah, okay. Well, it's just, this is all pedestrian. Right. They're like, Oh, if
0: it doesn't like make my tongue sting, then it doesn't yeah. really yeah. yeah.
2: I can still feel the enamel on my <laughs> teeth, so this is not good. So it's not doing it for me.
0: No, but I think that's nice. I like I said, I think it's kind of the key brewing way to approach a sour. So is this gonna be available just in your tap room or
1: No, it's out it's out, it's there, out there it's out there in the market. Um
2: And we're going to, we'll do some more batches of this. So this will be, this will be on until late in the second quarter, maybe into the third quarter too. Okay. Where we're going to, we're soon going to start experimenting with fruit
0: sours. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, I'm a sour fan, but I think that you guys did what still makes sense for you. Like if you came out with like a super duper sour, it probably wouldn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, do you have any kind of exciting like events or releases or news that you sort of want to plug and make sure people are aware? Well,
1: probably the I mean the most uh, you know as far as releases go, the next release would be our you know kind of northeastern IPA that we're still perfecting. Okay. Um, and that won't be for end of March, um, but you know we try and like uh, you know we've opened it up to a lot of different local community charities to do you know, charity stuff here fundraisers yeah I mean and, and you know everybody gets every brewery gets like hundreds of requests
0: for events yeah. yeah
1: and what we're trying to do is like really kind of keep it Dundalk centric centric so if there's something out there that you know will benefit you know like the Dundalk Little League or the Dundalk Soccer Team yeah you know that's where we want to concentrate
0: right do it for the doc. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I
2: mean, I mean, this is our community now. So yeah. why wouldn't we do it?
0: Yeah.
1: But we got a great event next Friday with the local oyster.
0: I saw that on your Instagram. I love Nick so much. He Then you got
1: Resi Ron spinning discs out oh here too. Oh my gosh.
0: So so what's <laughs> so they're coming out here, mm-hmm. local oyster yep. and
1: They're going to set up shuck oysters. I think they're bringing some soup and probably maybe some other food. Um, and what we usually do is they, they set up a little stand, our food trucks. So if it's a food truck, they're outside. If it's a, more of a caterer, they're in here. Yeah. Probably stick Reziron back in that corner.
0: So, what kind of music does Reziron? We're
1: not sure. <laughs> it could be anything. Uh,
2: well, I can tell you one thing he's going to be bringing some Kinks albums for me.
0: Nice. <laughs> you need a beer named after a Kinks song.
2: I don't know if these guys would <laughs> would go for it. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps.
0: Okay, sorry. <laughs> Maybe in a couple of years. That sounds fun. So that's next Friday. Next Friday. Is it free? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we don't we don't ever charge, ever charge for
2: anything. We we only charge for the beers.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> and so, when if people want to find out about that, they just kind of go on your Instagram or your Instagram, website.
1: Twitter, Facebook. Cool. You know, that's that's really how we've been utilizing promoting things but uh, it goes back to what we said earlier we've been very low-key on promoting things here yeah um, just because we really haven't had to yeah people just kind of show up a lot of word of mouth and that's that's not
0: bad it's kind of cool in this day and age that that's your main mm -hmm. driver is word of mouth i mean that that says a lot of things.
2: Again, the speakeasy. Right, the, the <laughs> yeah. hidden gem.
0: It is. It is really cool to come back here and discover it for the first time. I mean, not not saying people should come more than once, of course, but it is really cool to kind of take this drive and wonder where you are, and then all of a sudden you're. Because once you, you get find back here,
1: you can't forget where you.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, maybe you find it once.
0: Well, after
1: you find it once. Maybe if you've been, you been over served, but we're <laughs> all
2: tips trained, so we don't <laughs> over anybody out here.
0: <laughs> never, never. <laughs> um okay do we so we have just two more beers i feel like we like we might have overserved ourselves but we got to go to the end
2: let's <laughs> well, just we that's i think right. it's you you're the one <laughs> drinking all of these that's right <laughs> so this
1: is the doppelbach
0: the doppelbach the, that's the doginator right. that's the one you were talking about before so you this is a this is relatively new right
2: this is actually only on tap in the tap room right now. They, the first orders uh, off premise will be going out next week.
0: It's Very German tasting. Yeah. Yeah. No, not that that's a bad thing, but.
2: No, no. I say yeah because that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, and I know Spike likes it because you know his days at DeGroen's back in the day. It's. That's uh, a fun
1: beer
0: yeah it is fun makes you makes you kind of want to like have a little Oktoberfest party i don't know (laughs) yeah it's super fun so do
2: you know why Doppelbachs are around Mm -mm. the uh it was monks Mm. in germany that started brewing it because they weren't allowed to eat during their fasting periods so they were brewing these doppelbox uh very high alcohol but Back then, they didn't care about the alcohol. They were just adding more grain so that they were getting sustenance, like a liquid bread.
0: And that doesn't count against a fast.
2: No, because you're drinking, rules. you're not eating. Right,
0: right. Interesting rules. And of, rules of course,
2: makes... the higher alcohol bro- uh, made them a little more spiritual. I'm sure. Oh,
0: I'm sure. It always goes back to the monks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Anytime there's
0: like some weird thing that I'm drinking, chalk like, it up well, to the monks.
2: The monks did this.
0: No, that's delicious though. Um, and then the Tight Lines IPA, um, actually, that was the first beer that, that right? I drank when I came in here. Yep. I've, speaking of word of mouth, a lot you of people still have are talking a about it. have the
2: over there, though. This one? That's the Tight Lines.
0: I know. All right. See? <laughs> well, you If
2: you have it you have it in there, I'll yeah. drink the sample. All right. You drink
0: the sample. That sounds good.
1: Yeah, you've been drinking it all along.
0: I know. It's really, really good. So um, what
1: was the story you were going to say about Tight Lines.
0: Oh, I was just saying. I've uh, speaking of word of mouth. This is one that I've just heard from a few different people. Um, word of mouth is a really good IPA. It's citrusy, right? It's got some. I
2: think so. Yeah. Some nice citrus hops in there. Well, it's got the you know what, what they were calling sexy boutique hops in it. You know the Citra and El Dorado. Uh, the bittering hop is HBC 682. Which is relatively new. It doesn't even have a name yet. It's still just a number. Just the
0: number. Yeah, yeah
2: but the the Citra and Eldorado, or you know, are highly sought after. I think the Citra going to stick around. Eldorado be pushed to the side. So you know, they were hops that were you couldn't get three years ago. They've become available to us and. Um, just kind of wanted to play around with it I was I was going for more of like a celebrator type of beer Mm -hmm. so you can tell by the you know the color is is a little little more rich than you're gonna see in most of your IPAs nowadays yeah Uh, uses some uh, caramel Munich malts in there to give it that nice color Uh, maybe a fistful of black patent malt in there the hops are more flavored than bittering in the beer. And I, I think that is gonna be a trend that you're seeing in IPAs. Yeah. That makes me really hap- happy, happy be, yeah, not me being too. an IPA fan over you know, heavy fisted on bittering is for me just not a good thing. So I like where the IPAs are going. So I'm really excited about, you know, our, our next release that possibly named Catch and release. Uh, maybe we should edit that out on everything so somebody, he said doesn't, it before. So somebody doesn't take it from <laughs> us. <laughs> That's
0: a good name. It is a good name. Well, it's somebody. everything has a backlash, right? So when people are doing these, like, heavy-handed hop things, yeah. I mean, that can only last for yeah. so
2: long. And, I mean, I, it, it does make me more excited about IPAs, the fact that they're not super bitter. You know, for... The last 19 years up at red brick station we were we made daily crisis ipa that right you know 19 years ago was like whoa this is bitter yeah. and now people drinking like this isn't an ipa this i'm like nothing. well it's an english ipa so <laughs> it's just not what you, you know you right. expect from an IPA. when everyone's nowadays. used to the west
0: coast stuff yeah. yeah and i have to give red brick station credit i mean you know They've been around for so long, almost
2: twenty years, doing
0: amazing things. They were one of the first places I knew of to have a crowler in the in the state, like around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's not true, but I, that was the first place I saw, and I just feel like they do really innovative things. And I think people are like, oh, White Marsh, oh, Broop Lake, Why do? But I think
2: it's a I, it's a great place. Uh, the owners are fantastic, but I mean, they have they have, they have really good food. They've stayed uh, strong on uh, craft beer, mainly their own beer. So, you know, you're talking local. Right. You're, for 17 of the 19 years that we were open, served nothing but our own beers.
0: And that's still White Marsh Brewing Company? That's still... It's White, White. Marsh... Yeah, it's that's White Marsh it's Brewing
2: Company. Yeah. The restaurant is Red Rick Station. But, no, yeah, I mean, give credit where
0: credit is due. They've been doing it way before. It was yeah, cool, way absolutely. before a lot of people. And I think uh, it's not the first place people think of Wouldn't, when... Yeah.
2: When they opened, you know, I, and I moved to Maryland to, to open that place for the owners. So that's
0: what brought you here from New Jersey? Right. Got it. Well,
2: actually from New Hampshire, but um, they... Uh, you know people are saying you're never gonna make it you're not selling Budweiser. you're not saying Miller and <laughs> you know Bill blocker the owner said, you know I, I think you're wrong I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what we're making here and you know almost awesome. September will be 20 years really yeah
0: we got to do something about him in the magazine then that's a huge deal yeah, I mean absolutely. I, I think, I don't know. And it's so funny now to think of people saying, oh, you're not selling Budweiser. What are you doing? And now the demand for tap space for local beers is, I mean, that's huge. I'm sure you, you fight that battle every day. But that's that's what people are after now. Well, for are sure. fighting
2: other craft beers.
1: but That's now. what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know what we find is, like, a lot of times I'll go into a place and I'll look at their lineup and they're missing, like, a lager. They're missing a Hell's Lager or a California Common. That's actually winds up being a pretty easy sell. Yeah. Because you know you get all these like double ipas ipas sours and, yeah and it's like you know hmm you're missing something here
0: which is an advantage for you guys that you're sort of you sort of are doing these traditional mm-hmm. kind of styles because people are trying to go so outside the box that you can kind of go
1: we sneak right in. you sneak right in the box <laughs> yeah, We do. yeah no that's awesome I've, I've done it more often than not
0: yeah that's so cool. And and is you guys are pretty much, are there main bars that people can go to find you? You're pretty much everywhere or liquor stores? We like to believe we're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're in most of the no. bars I hang out in. That's all no, I but, know. Uh, I
1: mean, you know, I, I think we cover a wide swath of, you know, being in the Federal Hill area, the, the Fells Point, the Canton, mm-hmm. Hamden, Mount Vernon, and out and above. I mean, you right. know, it have it's, um, got a lot of great support. Um, you know, it's competitive out there, though. Yeah. Yeah, especially it, right that's now. That's why I stay in there. But it makes it... <laughs> just keep brewing. It, it just makes yeah. it fun, too.
0: Yeah. No, it's fun because it's competitive, but like you said, it's collaborative, and I know that it's a tight-knit community you guys have, um, so that only makes it better. Um, those were kind of all my questions. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to plug or make sure that you mentioned, or...
2: Just come out mm-hmm. to the tap room and come out to enjoy some room. of the and, food trucks that come out.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and, and try our beers, you know, and if you... If you don't see us in your neighborhood bar, or restaurant, ask for it. Yeah. Or even liquor store, you know, that's how, that helps us. Right. Especially on on, on what we call off premise, like liquor stores. If you don't see us there, go and ask the counter. Say, do you guys have any key? Because more often than not, they listen. Like liquor stores listen to their customers yeah. more than anybody.
0: Yeah, especially now. Um, and that helps you guys figure out where your, drink, your potential drinkers are, which, mm-hmm. is, which is great, too. Um, well, thank you guys so much for, for doing the podcast, for having me in the tap room and giving me literally more beer than I've ever drank on a podcast, I think. So that's something. Um, no, this was a lot of fun. So everybody out there, look for the red, white, and blue taps at your bars and in your liquor stores. And, and most importantly, come out to Dundalk. It's a 15-minute drive. It's really not that far. Um, So thank you guys so much. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. Cheers.